0: Thanks for joining me on this podcast adventure. This is the first episode of my new podcast, Onward Upward, and we're at the true starting line, season one, episode one. I will start with some honesty. I had some trouble recording this episode. It was me alone in my office with microphone, cup of coffee, and my thoughts that I just could not quite get right. So I actually decided to change it up a bit. I recruited one of my students, Gabe Casala, to interview me about the podcast. He has podcasting experience and is a great interviewer. Thanks to Gabe for helping me make this episode happen. So I appreciate you tuning in. I do apologize for the audio quality on this first episode. My software didn't quite work the way I wanted it to, so we used a backup recording that's not quite as high quality as you'll hopefully hear in the future. But in the end, I think it had a great energy and really helped to give a good introduction to the podcast and its goals. So thanks for tuning in, and without further ado, the first episode of Upward Onward.
1: Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of my podcast, Onward Upward. My name is Josh Dexter Weens, and I'm going with a slightly unorthodox approach this morning because... I was trying to record my first episode and realized that it just did not feel very natural when I was by myself. So I've looped in one of my students, Gabe Kasala, to help me out. Hello. Here's Gabe. (laughs) And Gabe is working for the Exponent, so he asked me if I could do an interview with him to talk about the podcast. And I said, yes, let's uh, see how it goes and maybe we could put it on as our first episode. Uh, So Gabe, I'm
0: going to turn it over to you. What do you want to know
1: about this brand new podcast?
2: Sure. Yeah. So my main question is, what exactly is this podcast?
1: Yeah. Well, that's obviously a good question and something I want to cover on episode one. So I'll give you the context of the kind of background of the idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. I started a couple of years ago and rotate through them as I'm walking or working out or doing dishes. Sure. And so it was a Friday night when I was doing the dishes—a real wild Friday night, right? (laughs) Uh, And listening to a podcast, one of my favorites, Joe Rogan. I thought that just the idea dawned on me how convenient to be able to have information just flowing in to my ear as I'm doing other things. Something that I can't do with a book unless it's a book on tape Mm -hmm. or you know, website or anything. And that same day, I had been chatting with colleagues about how difficult it is to get students' information. Sure. So, you know, we'll have this great opportunity. We send out an email, and maybe it doesn't get read, because you get a lot of emails, things like that. I thought, well, could I combine this, that for me is a good way to get information in podcasting, and then push it out in a way that students could get that information in their ear, too. So Mm -hmm. the hope is there will be information that's really useful to lab school students, so information about internships, courses, uh, things of that nature, maybe study abroad, in a way that you can multitask it, right? So how many hours do you walk around campus every week, would you say? Gosh, probably six or seven. So there's six or seven hours that, granted, I mean, you shouldn't listen to my podcast for six and seven hours <laughs> a week. It'll probably bore you to death. Uh, But if there's an interesting episode, maybe a half an hour of that, six hours worth of walking becomes something that, you know, uh, keeps you informed. That's the the overall vision.
2: That makes a ton of sense to me. I think that in the future, in the near future, almost every university and every school will have their own podcast. Students, we, A, just we're hungry for information just for being students. But when it comes to advising, we have such short visits and it comes like, two times a month or two times a semester, rather. And it it leaves us wanting more. So I think this is a great idea. And I mean, I'm excited for it.
1: That's great. I'm excited that you're excited. (laughs) But it also, I think, builds on mass distribution a little bit. Sure. Because one of the things, one of the reasons it came to me is I often encourage students to have conversations with the types of people that they'll be in two or three years. Because that's really an expert on, let's say you want to go into the media industry, but you want to talk to a Purdue alum who's been there for a couple of years. And that's a tough conversation for you to have. Absolutely. Right? Like Absolutely. you've got to cold call, you've got to, and it's one-on-one. So if, and if I still hope that happens. I still mm-hmm. hope you connect with fellow alum. But if I can do it, so if I could call someone like Trevor Peters, an alum who's at WLFI, and say, hey, Trevor, you've been in your career a couple of years, let's talk about it. And then I could push it out in a format where all students could essentially listen to it at the exact same time uh, now or a year from now, because hopefully that conversation will have a show fly. I think that's going to drive and kind of unlock this, how do we get students information puzzle a little bit uh, is the goal, at least. Well, yeah, that networking that you're describing is, for me personally, it's
2: very tough. And I know a lot of students feel the same. the professional world is very very intimidating for someone who's just been a student their whole life mm-hmm. so um I think it's just a, a great service, which is a weird way to put it, but it really is like um, it's not a replacement for networking, but it's certainly a, a good starting point well,
1: thanks, man. don't give me too big of a head i mean uh at, the, <laughs> at this point i've been I've been hitting the pause button and not getting it going yet, but uh Hopefully this will be the way to get started. Well, I'm doing my best. So, yeah.
2: so what is the the format going to be like? Yeah, uh,
1: this hopefully. um, yeah. So I listen to both edited and unedited podcasts. Uh, my best example of edited would be something like Planet Money, twenty minutes where they've taken tons of hours and everything condensed it for you. And I wish I had the time and resources to do that myself. Mm. Um, So logistically, I think it makes sense to have unedited conversational format um, because that saves me time with the editing software and such. I think it's also a little bit of a philosophical choice for me because uh, as I look at the way the world is moving, I think 280-character conversations are, are part of the problem. And so, yes, I want to remain efficient in the way I communicate to students, But sometimes in an unedited conversational podcast, it's not just the info, but how did we get to it, Mm -hmm. you know? And there's a vulnerability in the voice. Absolutely. You you can hear, if I'm trying to sell a bill of goods I don't believe in, you're going to hear it, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas if I believe in something, you're going to hear it from me and hopefully from my guest. Uh, So my first episode, actually, that will be published is with Connie Debley. She's the managing director of the C-SPAN Center. And I was just going hard. I had not done any introductory episodes yet. I did not have a podcast hosting service, but I thought, let's just try my first episode. So I went over and chatted with Connie about a week ago. Uh, That episode will be released at the same time as this intro episode. And I did not remember until I arrived that morning that she was a professional interviewer for (laughs) 25 years on national TV. So my nerves went from... (laughs) <laughs> uh, average to above average but fortunately she's very gracious uh had a handle on some of the technology that had been giving me problems mm-hmm. and we got our first episode knocked out so it gave me good energy it also helped me with the name of the podcast yeah how'd that come so, about yeah so i had started out with a tagline of the lamb school that i like that's practically amazing and uh, that was the working title. But maybe it just didn't feel like my own since I hadn't come up with it uh, organically. So, in interviewing Connie at the very end, uh, she's got a good relationship with Brian Lamb. Sure. I worked with him for a number of years, uh, talks with him often. The end of our podcast episode, she said, and as Brian frequently says, "Onward and upward." And that moment, I was like, "Can I steal that?" Because that—that <laughs> that to me is this idea of. You know, as you're moving through your college career and after your career, you know, you're trying to move onward, trying to keep things moving. You're also trying to move upward, right? Uh, whether that's up the career ladder or, you know, up through your range of skills. And so uh, that's that has now stuck, and that is uh, that is the current name of the podcast: "Onward, Upward." That was a better name than my name.
2: Yeah, my motto is falling upward right now. Oh, okay. So, I think I think onward upward is a little more optimistic. I
1: like fall I like falling upward too. I think that's a good thing. Is that something that you've worked on as like a new year's resolution or
2: No, that just comes with the more I learn about film, the more I realize I don't know as much as I thought I did. Oh, yeah. So, instead of saying failing upward, which is a little uh negative, yeah, I yeah. terms of falling upward just cuz it's uh I don't know, it can be tiring sometimes um learning what you don't know and and I guess getting checked on
1: your skills and what you think you, you know, you know what I mean? So a beautiful thing though. I think,
0: uh, folks with real wisdom kind of
1: understand not only what they know, but the vast amount they don't know, uh, it's definitely a, sounds like you've gone through a nice growth step there for sure. Yeah. The growth is painful. So I got a joke about it say like yeah. <laughs> And do you do you mind if I flip the flip the tables on you a little sure, bit? Sure, go ahead. So you're a student who is interested in film. Yes. Um, we More definitely than have all right, you're would you say obsessed with film? I'm in it. All right. Film, <laughs> film is your thing. Uh, so let's talk about the progression there. Uh, coming out of high school, how did sure. you pick Purdue? So coming out of high school, I had three main
2: choices: University of Georgia, um, Syracuse, and Purdue. Uh, Georgia, they waitlisted me and that put a chip on my shoulder. So I said, make a mistake. I said, No, sir, not going to happen. So you wouldn't look good in red, anyways. Exactly. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, Syracuse, somehow, somehow I got a scholarship for film. Okay. went to private school uh-huh. and it's still extremely expensive. Couldn't do that. Purdue, my dad came up here to work. So in state tuition. Uh, came to visit the school, really liked it. Um, yeah, and I chose it and I'm really happy I chose it.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're kind of the value proposition where your dad was and everything. It's always interesting to me to, uh, because what at the time, the data you go on versus what it's like to actually be here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, tough. Such a big difference. It's very different. It's tough to get a
2: preview sometimes. It's tough. When I first got here, first started my freshman year, it's so hard to gauge because college is obviously so different than high school. So I had wondered for a while if I had made the right decision, but Essentially, what I've learned is college is what you make it, and the more work you put in,
1: the more benefit you're going to get. And if this is working out all right, because that's the type of advice that I want all students to hear. Most commonly, the time I give that advice is with prospective students, uh, because they're school shopping. Sure. So they're kind trying to press me on what our offerings are, things like Mm -hmm. this, and. I want to bow. I've got some goals in that moment. One is for them to appreciate the beauty of having choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not everyone can go to college. Not everyone can choose between schools, but also that yes, you want to pick some place that you feel comfortable in mm-hmm. that offers the type of age you want. All these things, but a lot of times that's the foundation, and what you take out of it is what's really important. Right? Sure. And so instead of a student coming and Shopping and saying, "What are you going to give me?" I'm like, well, "I can tell you what I'm going to give you, but you're going to have to give too, right?" right. So you've you learned that along the way. How far away? How far along are you now?
0: If you in school, I'm now. a junior. A junior,
1: all right. Junior, so you yeah. got a About year to finish up. A year and what? What well, we got left? Not too long. Yeah. Nice. And when did the uh, film interest? That's been from
2: all the way since high school. Yeah, that started my junior year of high school. Up till then, I wanted to be a doctor and a pilot, and uh, not really sure what I wanted to do. Uh, to my first film class, junior year, and IB film, uh, international baccalaureate film, Wink. Uh, yeah, and I really, really fell in love with it. The teacher was amazing; she was so passionate, and I had a lot of good friends in there who were they were willing to do my crazy ideas because even at that point, I just I was just flowing with it. just <laughs> mad, mad ideas. Um, so yeah, that was good. That was nice. Um, there was a lot of room for growth. There wasn't a lot of critique. It was um, it was like get your feet wet and enjoy your time here, and you can look back and see what you needed to learn. Yeah, but right yeah. now, just enjoy and create. So um, took class again senior year, loved it, and um, wanted to go to school for film. Um, any film students or creative students out there? I feel your pain. My parents were uh, unsure about that, so I started at Purdue Exploratory, then went to business, and then took my first calculus class an accounting class, and it hit me like a brick wall. So I went back to film, and, yeah, I should have just done it from the beginning, honestly. should have stuck with what I was passionate
1: about. Was part of it also a media studio as an honors class? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that
2: was a huge part of it. So the advising here at Purdue is incredible. Um, Not just saying that because you're here, but also my exploratory studies advisor was fantastic. And she she sent me to that media honors class with Doug Osmond, and shout out to Doug. Shout out to Doug. <laughs> shout out to Doug, and he liked what I made in there. So he said, "Come to come to communication and do nice. more of it." So yeah. yeah, and it's been good, mostly good stuff ever since. Yeah, I would say mostly good. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I mean, this is how it needs to be. It's just like you gotta, you gotta fail to grow. Yeah. So
1: I like I like how you're talking about that creative process and uh, critique versus non-critique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you're willing to get into crazy projects, because here we are, you're, you're the first subject on my crazy project. Yeah, this is not my uh, first rodeo, Josh. This is not <laughs> my first podcast. <laughs> oh, it's not first podcast, but, but it's my first podcast. Sure, I'll, sure, sure. I'll have you critique me afterwards. I thought I was getting a <laughs> feel adults. for um, whether I wanted to say I, I wrote the script for my first episode and didn't feel comfortable. I kept recording it over and over and didn't particularly like it. At the end, I gave my email address for feedback and I was like, do I actually want to do that because I think I want to get like five episodes deep before anybody tells me that it stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the rule, right? First five and then like, the sixth episode, you can start complaining. Um, <laughs> but a balance too between create uh, like action action, the doing versus the contemplating. to me, that's been a New Year's resolution, both personal and professional is, uh, you know, you know, folks who get to fuck, get things done quickly and efficiently, but not always in with excellence mm-hmm. and the opposite folks who deliberate over everything and don't get anything done. I'm trying to find that balance. Sure. So with the podcast also, I'm trying to find that balance. I would love for every episode to have beautiful audio and, uh, you know, have me not using any vocal fillers or things like this. But I've kind of decided to delve in and see how it goes first and improve as I so, I hope so. you changed my voice. I sound like I'm stuck <laughs> on a balloon before I came in here. You, know that, you he, hear these sultry he tones? He definitely edited uh, uh, re- <laughs>
2: <right? laughs> yeah, No, do, but I think be my best. I think you, that's a good point. I think when it comes to uh, creatives that say they're looking or waiting for perfection, that's just fear and procrastination. Um, that's also for business, literally for anything. That's true. Because I mean, startup startup culture probably has the same issue. Absolutely, Gary Vee talks about this all the time. Shout out to Gary i I'm sure you know this. Um, Who's Gary Vee? He's a business entrepreneur. He's really big on um, just like social media and stuff like that. He's, I'm not, it's hard to put him in a box. He's an entrepreneur essentially. Okay. He's an entrepreneur. What do you follow him on?
0: Twitter? I follow he's him, posts. follow his
2: podcast. the okay. Daily View podcast, follow him on Instagram. Daily View? The Daily V. V-E. V- v- his last name. V-E. Yeah. Okay. Gary Chuck. Yeah. So he's, he's really good. If you want to hear some optimism during your day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to to speed and just spitting it out, on the other end, obviously that's um, not acceptable at this at this point because yeah. everyone everyone can do it. Everyone has the the technology.
1: So yeah, it's a it's yeah. a fine, it's a fine balance, but an interesting one to wrestle with for sure because it's um, there's no yeah. black and white answer.
2: Well, it's hard also because it's just you doing this podcast. At least for the creative stuff that I do, generally, like for my podcast, I have another friend there. So we can bounce ideas off, and we can say, "Oh, that's horrible. Like, yeah, let's yeah, not yeah. do that." Or if someone tells us something's bad, we can like joke and be like, "Yeah, that was, uh, it's not our best, but we'll yeah, just keep moving yeah. on." It's hard when it's so personal, and I mean, I, I I feel that with my films too. Like I I get it 100. percent. And it's it's difficult to separate yourself from your creation because obviously it's part of you. Yeah. Um, so it's tough putting that out. Into the into the realm of ideas, and you want critique,
1: but you also don't want critique at the same time. Yeah, it's that's the
2: thing. Yeah, you want to you have to fail to learn, but you don't want to fail too much. Yeah, to you think, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Now let's talk about the inception of this interview. Yeah, because you're working for the Expo. Right? I am. I am. Yeah. How long have you been working for the Expo?
2: So right now I'm doing a class with uh, Jane Net. Wow. wow, so many names today. Yeah, name, um, name dropping. We know people. About it. I love Jane. I love Jane. She's she's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm in a class with her called Com 252, mm-hmm. uh, writing for mass media. And since I'm an honors student, I honors contracted it, so I have to write three stories for the exponents, instead of one. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. So this is my second story. Yep.
1: Shout out to honors. Shout out to honors <laughs> contracts. Those are things you want to know more about. Those are
0: those are too boring
1: for this episode. But hit me up with an email. I'll give you my email address at the end. So three stories for the exponents. Right. So, so you're not working for the exponent per se as like a staff journalist, you're submitting stories. Correct. I'm just like the, I just like sneak in there when' like, yeah. no there and I type on the computers. I gotcha. Nice. Nice. So <laughs> what, what have we not covered yet that you think is important for your story?:
2: Sure. So I think if you could summarize your goal
1: for this podcast, and sure. just a brief summarized goal paragraph, yeah. Yeah, the elevator pitch would be to produce content. That fits Lamb School students' needs in terms of information in an accessible format. To me, audio being accessible because you can multitask.
2: Mm-hmm. That'd be the goal. Great. And who do you think would benefit the most from that? Who's your target audience?
1: Primarily Lamb School undergrads, uh, because that's who I advise. Uh, that's the department I work most closely with. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was thinking long term, big picture, I could see potentially comm minors having some interest. On, you know, a lot of internships, for example, don't discriminate, and so they might be open to students with comm interest enough to declare a minor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see eventually having some conversations that would be broadly to folks' interest in PR or media, sure, um, because you know the opinion of one person uh, who's in the PR industry might fit a lot of students. But primarily, my hope is that a healthy percentage of comp undergrads will listen originally. Gotcha. All
2: right. Um, I'm curious for me, not really for the story, but what did you and um, Connie talk about during yeah. that episode?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: some important, like right off the bat
1: questions, I think every Lamb School student, student should know. The most obvious one, who is Brian Lamb? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important to know that because that's part of your identity, whether you choose it or not. <laughs> or if you're in the Lamb School of Communication, you should know answer to that not only for your own uh, fulfillment but if you're selling yourself uh, as a potential applicant for a different job that's a nice thing to be able to talk about sure uh, he's also on campus and you can typically meet him or see him in functions which is pretty cool uh, what is c-span because that's what he started what is the c-span center uh, really what got the conversation started was Connie's always looking for interns. So she's recruiting interns for the summer and again for the fall. Gotcha. And so to me, it's great to get a posting. We've got a traditional posting that you can find on the Career Center, the Liberal Arts Career Center site, on the Lamb School internship site, but to give it a voice too. So to actually hear Connie's voice describe what the internship is like, mm-hmm. to, it makes it a little richer when you're trying to choose. Um, so yeah, those were, those were kind of the range of topics with
2: Connie. Sure. So a couple more questions. What is the release schedule going to be like? Do you, have a, do you have that pinned down?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I do not have it pinned down because from my own podcast listening, and I've had some who said I should have a definite release schedule, you know, that predictability would be good. But from my own listening, I tend to be somebody who uh, listens to things that have both regular and irregular release schedules. And to me, it doesn't particularly matter. If there's a podcast I like and they come up with two episodes in one day, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or if there's a, a lag. So to me, I'd rather jump on when content is hot, grab it. Uh, so right now I've got probably three scheduled in the next couple of weeks to record, but then summer will probably be a touch different. Uh, so I think I'll probably record and release more in the fall and spring, mm-hmm. uh, less over the summer, but no, no definite schedule. Sure. Yeah. And uh, where can, People listen to this yeah I'm proud to say that you can find me on iTunes uh, the best keyword search is onward Purdue uh, Spotify same thing onward Purdue I myself use dogcatcher uh, that is an Android app that does not sponsor the show although shout out to dogcatcher maybe one of these days and they'll shoot some cash. <laughs> uh, that's an Android app that I use I think it was one or two or three dollars that I use for my feeds uh, and then SoundCloud SoundCloud is the one that I might drop eventually but I like the fact that with SoundCloud I'm going to be able to sort episodes so if I end up with distinct types of contents I can create playlists mm-hmm. or build around a topic whereas that can't happen with other uh, and uh, when I go live so as of the time this episode is published everybody who's a calm major will get an email with all the appropriate links in it gotcha yeah Great. it'll be easy to find is my hope well if you're
2: listening right now you saw how about it so I'm proud of you
0: yeah
1: how can students help? Yeah, well, I think the big thing is to listen. You know, it's one of these new projects where I know myself well enough that if it is, you know, five episodes in and I'm looking at my statistics and seeing that three people have watched, the have listened to the first few episodes, it's going to kill my uh, momentum a little bit. So simply listening, know, I'll, I'll get better as I go. So uh, listen to the first few, and then maybe you'll see how I develop. So listening, telling friends about it, listening, I think, is the biggest thing. Um, I'm also open to ideas. So if there's ever somebody that you need to, you say, man, I think this would make a great podcast episode. Shoot me an email. My email is jdexter, um, which is j-d-e-x-t-e-r at prudy.edu. Um, or if you've got something interesting. So I think one interesting episode would be a student who had an interesting internship over the summer coming back for the fall. And knows that they're not going to have that internship again, but man, they'd love for a fellow Boilermaker to have it. Well, walk us through. how would hear about it. What was the application process Mm -hmm. like? All of these types of things. I will probably at some point be recruiting someone to help out. Um, I foresee myself doing the conversational episodes, but then I would love it if a student were willing to go around to record 10 experts giving their best piece of resume advice and then make that Edited episodes, you've got ten folks in a row giving their advice, um, but that's on the on long, longer term. Front sure, part. the back end. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good idea too. Yeah. So that's all I need for my my story. Nice, nice. The only other things that I think I want my listeners to know that I didn't necessarily cover are the type, the variety of content that I foresee. Just so you kind of have a preview of what's coming. Uh, my ideal interview is somebody who's been in the field a couple of years in a area that interests students, so both public relations, the biggie, uh, media, as well as I I know that students are interested in things like fundraising, Mm -hmm. so I'd love to talk to a comm student who transitioned into fundraising or say human resources or one of these areas, or grad school. You know, What's it like to be in grad school? a really good topic. But also faculty members, so if you ever have somebody who you think uh, I should interview, I'd love. One of the things I think undergrads really miss out on is hearing faculty members talk about their research. So, if I could ask uh, a faculty member, What's your research? What's it like now? What was your dissertation about? You and get that into an accessible format, uh, that would definitely make me a happy camper. Um, and recruiters. So, next week I've got one coming up where it's somebody who wants interns. And yes, I will have a traditional post that you can read and get the details. But how fun to hear the actual conversation that takes place when I'm talking to them about what's an ideal student. Like, what's your office culture like that's exactly what i was thinking that's a great way to know the culture of the place yeah which might be the most important thing yeah it's a huge part of whether you're a good fit or not and probably more important than you know whether it's ten dollars an hour or eleven dollars an hour you know, <laughs> probably minimal in the long term but if you're a yeah. good fit with that company that's probably real important right. although shout out to Bash national who's hiring at fifteen dollars an hour plus um eighteen dollars an hour for seniors
0: uh, which just went out, I
1: think, last week. So if you're looking for summer internship, check out the Wabash National. I just turned 65, so I'm going to make sure I get that senior. Right on, senior right release. on. Get that, se- that senior. <laughs> pay- yeah, right on, man. So uh, you good for your Exponent article? Yeah, I'm all solid. Do you hey. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I, th- I think that's good. I think we've given our listeners a good introduction to uh, what the podcast is all about. Sure. Thanks for joining me as uh, a more senior podcaster and yeah <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we've given a, a feel for it and we're off to a good start yeah i think we're fine that's pretty good all right thanks appreciate I, I appreciate you being open to my idea which i presented to you uh approximately 23 minutes ago before we started you did a good job of uh thinking on your feet i'm just uh i'm just a master of these kind of things <laughs> right thanks on. for having me josh and we'll end we'll end with the, the episode's uh tagline onward upward, onward, upward. right on thanks
0: There it was, Season 1, Episode 1 of Upward Onward. Thanks to Gabe for helping me out by interviewing me and chatting with me on this first episode. Again, I apologize for the audio quality. Please check out Episode 2, which should be live now with more episodes to come soon. Have an excellent day, and thanks again for tuning in.